Hey guys, welcome to the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. This is episode two. Today you'll hear from Tim Brennan, the founder and CEO of Torch College Recruiting. You may have seen me share a lot of tools that Torch puts out there. Now you get the pleasure of hearing what it's all about. It's an amazing resource for high school and college kids who are looking to throw in at the college level. This is a resource that I wish that I had when I was starting my process of recruiting. For more information or even to sign up, go to torchcollegerecruiting.com or check them out on Instagram at torchcollegerecruiting. Thank you for tuning in and please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for all of you who are following, but if you have not, check us out on Instagram at Memes for Throwers. Enjoy episode two of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. Thank you. Hey, all thank you for tuning into the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. We have an exciting guest today. I have the privilege to speak with the founder and CEO of Torts College Recruiting, Timothy Brennan. He was a 2017 Dartmouth College grad. He himself through, uh, went through the college process as a D1 athlete. And through his experience with that and coaching at the collegiate level, he's decided to help others in the process of recruiting through his company, Torch College Recruiting. You can get more info at torchcollegerecruiting.com or follow them on Instagram at Torch College Recruiting. Tim, thank you for coming on and uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Um, I guess maybe we can just kind of go from, uh, like, right off the bat, like, uh, what is your background in athletics, like how, track and field, a little bit, kind of share that information. So, um, you know, the listeners can kind of see that, you you know, you actually, or what you competed in, so they can kind of know a little bit about you. Yeah, so I have a very long history in track and field. My dad uh, was a track coach, and he also manages a short athletic club. So a lot of my earliest baby pictures were on a track. Um, my dad also uh, ran. He was a hurdler. He did it post-collegiately as well. Um, so I've been involved in the sport uh, throughout my entire life. And initially, I was trying to be like my dad as a hurdler. Did not quite have the build for that. Ended up uh, seeing that throwing was more uh, where my skill set was. Um, started throwing in, in middle school, but then really focused on high school. Ended up being pretty good by my senior year. I think I threw a bit over 180 a disc and a bit over 200 of the hammer by senior year. Um, ended up going to Dartmouth College, where I competed for four years. Um, and then I think at Dartmouth, my, I threw a little bit over 16 meters in the shot and a bit over 60 meters um, in the hammer as well. And then uh, after graduating, I was working at a consulting firm, but I was very close to Southern New Hampshire University. Uh, and then they uh, had some throwers, but they didn't have an official throws coach, um, like a full-time coach. So I was volunteer coaching there twice a week, uh, just because I love being involved in the sport. Uh, and then uh, I moved to DC after that and stopped coaching at that point, uh, but still love to be really involved in the sport. My brother is currently an athlete at Princeton University on the track team as well. Um, so definitely still very passionate about track, love the sport, and uh, Love to still be involved through this new company. That's awesome, man. I I, I was not necessarily had the opportunity to be recruited as uh, a hardcore thrower. I wasn't I didn't really take it seriously. Like in high school, I mean, I put up some decent numbers, but I wasn't as passionate about it. I, I grew up like a baseball player, um, and then kind of got burnt out. And then like my sophomore year, which was we were a three year high school, 
I decided like to quit. So I basically started as a sophomore um, and went through, I had three coaches, <clears throat> the two coaches I had my sophomore and junior year, um, they, they weren't as knowledgeable as, as my coach that they got finally my senior year where I like kind of like kind of blew up a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, but loved it. Got into coaching like right after high school, like helped out my sister a little bit cause they didn't have a throws coach. And then, um, and then got involved with, um, uh, an organization called young life. And I, I kind of got into coaching then. And so I've, I've been coaching for over 20 years and loved it. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> it's kind of cool that you had that path to be able to, to compete in college and, and, uh, to do all that. I mean, what would, what would you say, um, what would you say was like, uh, your biggest, um, transition for you from, from high school to, to college athletics? Um, if like, if you were to know, I guess I would say like, if you would have known like, like one or two tips, like from like your college experience that to transfer from uh, or transition from high school to college, like what would, what would be the best that you uh, advice that you would have, have liked to know? Yeah, I think the biggest advice I would give my former self would just be to trust the process. Um, I think when you transition from high school to college, a lot of your life changes, you're in a new location, uh, you have a new coach, you have a much more demanding academic schedule, you have a lot more freedom, but with that comes a lot of responsibility for yourself. Um, and with all those changes, a lot of the times you don't immediately see results. I can remember my freshman year, like when I started my outdoor season, uh, I threw a hammer, I think 50 meters, my first meet, and I had been training for the entire year for the hammer. But in years past, when I was in high school, I basically only throw a hammer like two months out of the year, maybe. And the year before, I think I trained for like one week and threw 50 meters. And then I was basically just right at that point I, uh, to begin with after training the entire fall and winter. Um, so, and it's really easy to get discouraged when you're going through all those transitions, um, going from high school to college. But I think it's really important to trust your coach, trust the process, um, because results don't come immediately. And I can remember my, again, my freshman year, I started off throwing 50 meters. I was throwing 50, 51 meters for most of my spring season until the last like three-ish weeks when it finally started getting warm in New Hampshire. Um, and I ended up throwing almost 56 meters out of the end of the season um, and wow. qualifying for junior nationals and having a good season in the end. So uh, again, again, uh, biggest advice would just be trust the process, keep on working hard, stick to the plan and uh, be patient with your success. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's, that's, that's in anything as far as like picking up the implement, um, you know, trying something new, whether that's, uh, throwing or running or, you know, hurdling or pole vaulting. Uh, so many times in my, in my coaching career, and I mean, you can attest to this a little bit, but, you know, I'll have kids, you know, pick up a shot, they'll throw it. And I don't know what, what their expectations are. Like they're going to throw like 60 feet, like right off the bat or like, or like just be an amazing thrower. But then all of a sudden, like they're just so discouraged. Like I, I'm not good at this at all. Like I'm not, I'm not good. And they just, they just feel like they, they can't, be successful in that. And I'm, I'm always going back to be like, just, just trust it. Like we're going to get better. Like that's probably the worst throw that you're going to ever have. Cause we're always going to, we're going to build on that from the very, from that start, from that starting point. Yeah. I experienced that a lot too. Like just going through technical changes, uh, as you said, because I think in college I was always so anxious about having a big throw at every single year that I was never really thinking long-term as far as my technical growth. 
Um, so, and because of that, I think I should have focused on the basics um, and getting those like core fundamentals of my technique down much earlier rather than trying to like half get the technique down to get a big punch at the finish or get a big finish at it to still get a far throw. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's uh, good to stay patient and then like work on the fundamentals and uh, just trust that success will come if you keep on trust the process and do the right things. Yeah. That's great advice for, you know, high school kids looking to trans, you know, compete at the next level and, and uh, you know, understanding that, you know, it's not going to come easily. I mean, some people have the natural ability that it's going to be that easy, but for the most part, from what I've known and people who I've talked to, it's, it's a process that you have to just kind of trust the coaches and then just the, the training in your body as well as they, as you're developing um, into a more mature, stronger, you know, uh, male or female, whatever that might be. So, but like, let's, let's talk about your uh, recruiting process. I mean, obviously you, you're, you know, we can get, get into what your business is, is doing, but uh, let's, let's kind of talk about your recruiting process and how that came about to, that you ended up out, out in Dartmouth. Yeah. So one advantage I had is that my dad was a high school coach. He sent a lot of his athletes to college. So I sort of had a decent understanding of the college recruiting process. Um, so I was lucky in that sense. Um, so I think I started reaching out to coaches after my sophomore year during that summer, um, actually sending like letters to each coach and emailing coaches. Um, and then uh, ended up having a reasonably successful junior year, but I wasn't very, I wasn't great, I wouldn't say until my senior year. Uh, but my junior year, I was good enough, and I actually had a good mark on the hammer, at least. I threw 187 feet in the hammer my junior year. That was good enough to get recruited to a lot of schools, even though I only threw shot put a bit over 50 feet and discus a bit over 150. Um, but going into it, I always had the dream of competing at a really big school. So my official visits were at LSU, Oregon, Penn State. And one thing I realized very quickly is track and field doesn't have a lot of money in it. Um, especially if you're not the elite of the elite. So if you're a track and field athlete, especially as a guy, um, and you have 50 people on the team, and there are only 12 scholarships or 12.6 scholarships maximum on a D1 team, that means the average person on the team is getting about a 25% scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, and if college costs $60,000, you can do the math. Like You're still paying a lot um, unless you're on a full ride, which is very rare. Um, so I got to the point where I was lost in the recruiting process, basically about this time, my senior year, I think it was about Thanksgiving time, my senior year, where I realized that the schools I was looking at were way too expensive for my family to afford. Um, and I was lost and I ended up reaching out to a bunch of different schools, um, very last minute, just praying to God that something would happen. Um, and it was actually my fourth official visit where I was at Manhattan college and I saw one of my friends who, uh, his dad graduated from Manhattan, uh, like 20, 30 years ago, uh, beforehand. And he said he was looking at Dartmouth and a few other schools. And then I was joking with him about like, oh, you must be like really smart. Like you're looking at an Ivy league school. And then we were close enough with each other to just share our GPA and our SAT. And then I realized I was in the same ballpark as him. Um, and then I decided just, uh, uh, I, there's nothing to lose in me reaching out to the Dartmouth Rose coach. 
Um, so I had one official visit left and then I was basically sending out emails to all the coaches that I could possibly think of just to see if there's another fit. Um, Coach Michelle, who's at Troy University now, but she was at Dartmouth at the time, um, replied to my email and then she apparently had like one spot left for her thrower. And then I came down for a visit in January. Um, really loved it there. It was surprisingly warm that weekend. So that was a sigh of relief, but it wasn't true when I actually got there. Um, but ended up finding that school at the very end of the process, sort of just trying to get my feet under myself in the recruiting process and ended up finding a good match in the end. Uh, and one good thing for your listeners to know is, again, there isn't a lot of money in track, but there is a lot of money in financial aid and other other forms of aid. So if you're going to a school and getting a big academic scholarship uh, or you get an academic scholarship, that's a lot of the times larger than your athletic scholarship could be. And then for me personally, going to Dartmouth, which is they have a very big endowment. They're a very well-endowed school. Um, for me, going to Dartmouth, which is an Ivy League school that costs like $70,000 a year, it was cheaper for me to go there with financial aid than it was for me to go to Rutgers, which was an in-state school. Um, so there are a lot of other opportunities where track and field athletes can get a lot of money to go to school that is not actually from athletics. And uh, at least for me, like the best financial package I had was from Dartmouth, which doesn't even offer athletic scholarships. Mm-hmm. They just had really good financial aid. And that's what made it work out for me. Um, so in the end, Dartmouth ended up being like a good athletic program with a great coach, great education and a great price. So it really hit all my check marks in the end and uh, ended up committing there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, maybe you can talk about and kind of share um, to those who are maybe just starting the process right now and trying to figure that out. Uh, what, what are some good questions uh, that you, they can maybe ask like a college coach um, and um, maybe answers to that? I don't, I don't know how that would work, but just things that they should ask that maybe they don't know to ask um, that, that they could like um, help the recruiting process and then and to know like what answers are good answers from coaches that are not going to just kind of uh, BS them a little bit, but actually want to have them a part of the team and genuinely care about uh, their well-being of their athletes because – you know, I've had kids that have gone through the process um, and asked questions um, or even seen kids that are, you know, in their program currently that, that aren't growing and they realize really fast that, that yes, that's a kind of a, co- a cool school to say that I went to, but uh, the coach is not necessarily what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think it's really important to ask what it's like to be a student athlete at that college. Um, I think a lot of programs may try to say that you have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of extracurriculars at that school, but uh, you might notice that, hey, none of the athletes on the team are engineers or none of the athletes are really involved in extracurriculars um, to try to get a good understanding of that. And uh, college coaches will, they're salesmen in the end, they're trying to sell you on the school. Um, So another way to go about it is to ask one people on the team what their experience has been and also recent alumni, um, if you can get in contact with them to get their personal experience there, they're a lot of the times able to be just more, more frank with you um, than a coach might be. So um, just knowing about what the actual student ex- student athlete experiences is really important um, just to make sure that you're on the same page of what you want. Because if you're sort of expecting to be able to, I don't know, join Greek life or study abroad, or be involved in this extracurricular or whatever 
it might be that you're in, or studying engineering or whatever you're hoping to get out of college. Um, it's really good to know that beforehand, whether that's possible or not. Um, and just, yeah, getting a good sense of that is, can be very difficult, but definitely just try to ask a coach, ask alumni, ask current student athletes about how all of that works and what their experience has been. Uh, that's very good. That's very good to, um, you know, question to ask about that. Cause if, if you find out that, you know, I want to be a nurse and there's no time for that, or there's no nursing, you know, majors on that team, um, you know, they might not be a fit fit for you and your program. Um, there's a the school up the street from, from me uh, called Northwest University. Um, and I know the coach out there, his name is Mark Mandy. Um, and, you know, he has uh, a number of, you know, nurse nursing major, uh, you know, athletes um, on their team. And so, um, you know, he's able to retain that and, and figure out schedules that work for him. And he works for those, those students. And so, I heard nothing. I mean, he's coached some of my athletes and it's, it's been nothing but a positive experience for, for them. Whereas, you know, other school, you know, uh, students have looked at, to run at different places and, you know, they, they're like been told like, well, if, you know, if you want to be on this team and you want to be a nurse, it's probably not going to happen. You got to choose one or the other. So, you know, that, that, that is kind of, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself, I guess. Yeah, you have to make sure that you're, you and your coach are on the same page because if you're going in expecting to be a nurse and then that's not the reality of the situation, that doesn't do anyone any good. Because if you're not happy, the coach isn't going to be happy. Like You have to be able to uh, be on the same page about that from the get-go. So that should be like one of your first like check in the box for when you're evaluating the school is to make sure that your expectations are aligned with the coach's expectations. Right. So let's kind of transition a little bit to, um, you know, kind of what you've developed um, to be known as Torch College Recruiting. Um, maybe kind of talk about the process and like how that kind of came about, um, your vision, I guess your philosophy and your mission for, for what you're doing, um, just so people can understand about, you know, what, what you're all about. Absolutely. So when I was coaching at Southern New Hampshire University, my roommate at the time was a cross-country coach at SNU, uh, Nick Aguilar. And he, like, we were just talking, chatting one night, and then he was saying there should be the equivalent of a dating app, but, like, for college recruiting. And then I just thought that it was, like, a genius idea, and I didn't really have the time to pursue it. Um, I had another full-time job and had a lot of other things going on in my life, and it was sort of sitting in the back burner for a while. And then when COVID started, all of a sudden I had ample free time, and then I got in contact with Nick, and then we were talking about, like, if you can pursue this or not. Um, Nick, he's a coach, so he can't actively endorse or be involved in a recruiting service because it's like right. a conflict of interest, a bunch of other things. Um, and I had a lot of time, so I just decided to use all my, like a lot of my free time to go on and pursue it. But the purpose of it is that, or uh, yeah, the purpose of it is recruiting for track, at least the evaluation process is really simple. It's not like football where you, your stats are controlled by other people. Like you're in total control of yourself. Um, so really coaches are, at least at the beginning of the process, really just want to know if you're a good enough athlete, if your PRs sort of meet their standards, and if you're academically in like eligible or like in the tier that they're looking for. Um, it's not like football where you might be a really good running back, but have a terrible O-line and your stats might not reflect that. So you have to get exposure other ways. It's really easy to for coaches to evaluate track and field athletes, but to actually 
go through that evaluation process and do that communication is really difficult. Um, coaches are looking at uh, athletic net, a mile split, trying to find what athletes meet that criteria. Then they're trying, they don't even know, even if the athlete throws really far, maybe they don't have the academic standards. Mm. And then when they try to reach out to the athlete, they may be reaching out to them on Instagram, uh, which uh, doesn't always work well if you're like a guy coach trying to DM like a 16 year old girl, like the optics just like aren't good on that. Um, but also you might be trying to find their email. It's just a really complicated process. Um, and then you might go through all that effort and then realize that they don't have the grades in the end. You wasted a lot of time as a coach. Same thing as an athlete. Um, it's a really fragmented process. So you, like, at least for me, I had to fill out the same questionnaire for 50 different schools, 50 different times. And it's really dumb that in 2020, like you should never have to be repetitively doing anything like that should be automated. Um, and on top of that, you're sending emails, but when you send an email, you don't necessarily know if a coach didn't reply to your email because they didn't see it because they're not interested. You don't have direct feedback. And my goal for this was to solve all those problems with Torch College Recruiting. Um, so with Torch, you can make one profile where you can uh, put in your PRs, your location, your height, your weight, whatever criteria that coaches want to evaluate you on. Um, that's available on your profile. And then coaches can search you by that. So a coach is looking for a 55 foot shot putter in the Pacific Northwest that's at least six foot tall that has also thrown hammer over 180 feet. They could set that criteria and find the exact list of people that meet that criteria. Then they can basically like a friend request on Facebook, like ask to friend them. And then the athlete will get a notification, which they can either accept or deny. And if the athlete accepts, or a connection they can chat. Um, so it's sort of like a LinkedIn slash Facebook version of a recruiting platform. Um, and it solves the issue of like the coaches can know exactly who meets their criteria for their athletics and their academics. They get immediate feedback on whether uh, the athlete and the coach are interested or not. And they have a direct channel to actually communicate. Um, so ideally, rather than, again, filling out a bunch of questionnaires, not getting a response, filling out 50 different emails to coaches, you just search uh, coaches by whatever criteria you have, express interest in them, connect with them, chat with them. So it really just streamlines the entire recruiting process. That's so awesome, man. I, I, I think that's such a great tool. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast to be able to have you um, let people know that there's such a tool out there uh, for you know, young athletes who are looking to potentially compete at the next level. Because like you said, sometimes just the turn the turnoff is like, when coaches are like, well, just fill out our questionnaire, you know, and the, and they're in their mind of like a, a kid that's potentially wants to compete at the next level. They're like, well, they don't want me because that's like, but you know, they don't know the process or the reasoning behind that. You know, they don't know that, that there's, there's that time to like, you know, <clears throat> to actually have those, those conversations. They got to get them in the da database, but you know, for them to be able to, you know, go in there, set one profile up and coaches can kind of, you know, set the criteria for that and even, you know, vice versa. I think that's such a great process for, for the, for the young kids. Yeah. And I think it really goes above and beyond for the athletes too. Uh, so if you are looking for a college, whatever your criteria might be, you could be looking for a liberal arts school with, with great financial aid that has a female throws coach and you could set all that criteria and see exactly who fits that list. Um, and sort of getting back to my story, one of my biggest struggles was finding a college that I could afford. And one of the biggest secrets in 
that I found is that there is a lot of money in financial aid that has nothing to do with athletic scholarships. Mm. So I've created uh, a few different ways to evaluate colleges or to filter them based upon like financial factors. First, you can filter them by their in-state and out-of-state tuition. Um, second, you can filter them by average cost after average cost after aid. And then third, I have my own financial aid tiering system, which is uh, a way to figure out like how much need-based financial aid your family will receive. Um, so the system works if I've set a standard of the average family of four making about $100,000 a year. And then I have five different tiers going from uh, limited to excellent. And if you're excellent financial aid and you are that family of four making about $100,000, you will only pay between uh, zero to 20% of the total cost of attendance to go to that school. So for a school like Dartmouth, um, they offer free tuition to any family, any to the average family of four making under $100,000 a year. Um, so to really easily navigate which colleges you can get the best financial aid package in, um, which does not include loans, it's just financial aid to help families in need. Um, we've developed that system to help athletes find uh, colleges that are affordable, that will be affordable to them, which I think, at least for me, was something that I didn't realize very late in the recruiting process. And I think can help athletes find out, one, where's the best athletic program for them, two, academic, but also uh, where their financial needs will be met. Oh, that's, that's, so, that's so cool. I mean, I think, uh, you know, for those who have not checked it out or, or are lost in the process, I think that's such a great tool uh, for them to be able to have, especially, I mean, finance is such a huge driving force for um, a, lot of, a lot of things. And I think um, the fact that you, you know, um, are able to set that up and they're able to, you know, kind of see that, uh, I think, eliminates some of that process of maybe there's a dream school out there they just can't afford financially right off the bat and they can know that that's not going to be an ideal situation for them. But then also finding schools that they may not even thought was even like out there uh, and it's a great fit for, for who they are and what their needs are and, and what they want to do. So that's, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, another piece of insight. So even though D3 colleges can't offer athletic scholarships, a lot of them will offer very generous financial aid packages. So I think for me, when I was looking at Williams at the time, um, when I was in high school, uh, they're a D3 school, very good D3 school academically. I think they're one of the top one or two uh, ranked liberal arts colleges in the country. Um, no athletic scholar scholarships, but they. I think my my net price for the college was less than $20,000 a year. So even though they come with wow. a $65,000 price tag for my family, it was like less than $20,000 a year. Wow. Um, again, which is like better than like Rutgers and a lot of other places where even in state. So there is a lot of opportunity and like don't discount the D3 schools just because right. they don't offer athletic scholarships. A lot of the times you, you can get even more money without any athletic scholarships. If you are able to identify the right programs for you. Yeah, for sure. So how, how many how many colleges do you have uh, kind of linked into Torch right, right currently right now? Yeah, so we launched officially, uh, we went live about two months ago. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I think we have coaches from 180-ish colleges on um, signed up. And I think we have about 260-ish college coaches that have signed up total from 180-ish programs. Um, and that's after like two months of going live, we're signing up more colleges every single week because they see value in it. Um, and I'm hoping like for this year will be useful 
but I'm hoping really for next year's recruiting class, we will hopefully have hundreds of more coaches. Um, so it'll really be a comprehensive platform for coaches and athletes to use. Yeah, that totally is. As you guys start to grow and more schools start to come on, I mean, I think that's just, that's just so awesome as they start to understand it. It's almost like, you know, how athletic.net and, you know, mouse split worked. You know, they were such a great – I mean, beforehand, I don't even know how coaches, like, recruited, maybe just went to mm-hmm. track meets randomly. But now they can just sit in their office and just, like, set, like, who they want to see and whatnot and then go through – you know, the stuff, you know, the things that you are, you're, you know, what you're doing to get connected with those, with those athletes. I think that's, I mean, those tools just alone are so, so perfect. Yeah. And another thing you can do on torches or another benefit is right now, if you're looking at uh, coaches or certain colleges recruiting standards, you have to go on each school's website, the recruiting standards are on a different spot on every website. And it's really hard to see what their recruiting standards are on mm-hmm. torch. You can, uh, look at the coach's directory and then on their profile, they will have their recruiting standards. So it's a really easy directory to see all the recruiting standards. Um, also on your torch profile, you can include like YouTube videos of yourself competing, yourself throwing to get more exposure. You can include um, contact information for your coach or your guidance counselor, which is only visible to the coaches. Um, you could also include information about your intended major, your academic areas of interest, so the coaches can really get a good sense of you before they even talk to you for the first time on the phone. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, I just kind of thought about this question and maybe, you know, the answer to it, maybe, maybe not. Um, but as a young kid that's, you know, trying to be recruited um, and coaches obviously go on to, you know, profiles and kind of look and trying to see their, um, you know, I guess there's two parts. <laughs> One is, um, you know, what, what kind of content advice would you give to young athletes that, uh, uh, that have an Instagram? Like what, what, what are things that are probably, uh, gonna maybe just through the, just the, through the eye test, um, are going to deter, um, coaches from, um, you know, recruiting someone and, you know, for their team, um, and, or is there a benefit to, you know, creating profiles on Instagram, uh, just dedicated to either throwing or, track and field related uh, content. Yeah. In addition to torch, I would definitely recommend having your own recruiting profile on Instagram. Um, it's a really easy way for a coach to be able to keep up to date on your meet performances on any videos you have, um, and get a good overview of you as an athlete, as far as the do's and don'ts, um, the don'ts would be any profanity, whether that's cursing, whether that's, um, hand gestures that might be inappropriate, um, whether that's alcohol or drug, you don't want any of that for coaches to see and do not do those things. Um, and then as far as the do's, um, like any type of content as far as you competing or athletic content. So if all the like coaches, of course, are interested in seeing how far you can throw and to see how you move in a circle, but they're also interested to see how athletic you are. So one differentiator could be if you have videos of your broad jump or your vertical jump or you moving doing a pro agility drill they can see how athletic you are and how you move um also including lifting videos to get a sense of your strength level um any content that you can give that shows uh shows your ability as an athlete from multiple perspectives is going to be very helpful for them evaluating you as a recruit yeah i think that's really good advice for 
you know, anybody, cause you don't, you don't, you don't want to put something on, on the Instagram where, you know, a coach is going to see and maybe question, you know, integrity or character, uh, or, you know, through some of the things that the, the content that, that people are displaying. And, um, you know, I, I try to tell my kids as well, you know, and give them adv- advice just as normal human beings that just, you know, if you want to be known as someone who, you know, has integrity and good character, like probably not posting or even commenting on things that are, uh, outside of that realm of what you want to actually be known by is probably something that you want to steer clear of. So I think that's, that's good for those. Yeah. I would also recommend being careful with what content you post about other colleges. Mm. Um, in some ways it can be good. Like if you are looking at uh, university of Washington and you visit Washington state, like seeing that might make our coach recruit you because they see that you might be going to a competitor. Mm. Um, but you also never want to talk bad about a school or before you commit, say that like something too much, too uh, positive about a school um, to throw the coach, uh, to rub the coach in the wrong direction. So be careful about how you uh, show your interactions and uh, your feelings about college programs in the process on Instagram as well. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Um, is there a portal uh, process for um, people who are looking to transfer, like people who are currently maybe on a team? Like, I don't know. I don't necessarily know the exact uh, – I know that in D1, I think there's more of a, uh, a transfer portal that people have to go through. Um, but I don't know, maybe if people are, are at a community college or maybe like an NAIA school uh, or maybe like a D3, maybe a coach, a coach leaves and they want to, you know, be recruited somewhere else. Like, is there a process for them to be recruited through that, uh, through Torch? Yeah, so we're primarily just for high school right now, but you can also sign up as a junior college recruit or as a college transfer candidate, which is going to become very popular because of COVID, a lot of people are going to have 50 years and can use Torch to create those connections as well. So it's open to all three of those types of recruits. Um, we don't do much as far as NCAA transfer portal. We sort of stay out of that. But once you have that transfer approved uh, by your college, you can create a Torch account and navigate the recruiting process that way as well. That's good. That's good for those people out there. Cause I, when I'm running the, the memes account. I always get those questions about like, well, how do I go through the transfer? You know, my coach is going to leave. He told me he's going to leave. Um, and I'm, I'm okay to leave, but how do I contact other coaches? Like, how do I get a, a, a part of that? So I think that, I mean, your resources that you have again are, are so great for, you know, what you guys are doing. Yeah. That's another piece of advice I would give though. When you choose a college, don't choose it because of the coach, the coach, can leave at any time. Like I like both of my coaches when I was in college, but my coach left after my freshman year, but you never want to go to a program just because of their coach. You want to go for the school first and then the coaches and cherry on top. Um, and then when you're also looking at a school, make sure you're evaluating their track and field program as a whole. If they come from a track and field program traditionally with, with, with success, um, or that traditionally invests in track and field, they're more likely to bring in a coach that was that as a replacement. That's also a high caliber coach as well. Um, so other, just other things to think about in the recruiting process. Yeah. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on, uh, or maybe give advice to, or speak, maybe speak an advocate for, uh, the, the, you know, the, the kind of the smaller schools, you know, like the D3s, the NAIAs, the D2s, the, 
the the non like I'm not given uh, you know actual uh, athletic scholarships to uh, to that kid who's like well I just want to go D1 like that's all I care about like I want to just compete at a D1 level like that's what I want to that's what I want to do um, uh, do you have any thoughts as, as far as like encouraging them to you know look at other places or are you are you just kind of like, hey, like, if that's what your dream is, like, we'll get you to, to wherever that is, what, what, regardless if the, the program is good or not? Yeah, I would take a comprehensive view of all the colleges and know how you fit in that college's program. Because a lot of the time, you could be a walk-on at a D1 school, and you might be at a D1 program, but you won't be on the travel roster. You won't be going to conference meets. Um, so you'll be on a D1 program, but not having that D1 experience you're looking for. Or you could be going to a D3 school and being a bigger fish in a smaller pond, but you're going to conference, probably scoring that conference. Uh, you have more opportunities to travel for like NCAA championships at that level. Um, so knowing what your goals are are really important. If your goal is just to have that D1 label, um, that's fine. And if that's your goal, but if your goal is to be competitive to have that college athlete experience um you might find that find a better experience at a different level depending on the caliber of athlete you are yeah that's that's really good um again i always get kids who are oh you know you, know, you have the, you have this idea it's, it's d1 or nothing you know and it's like i don't think you guys really know like what you're like really thinking or you know that's the idea of it because i feel like you know, that, that's kind of motivated or kind of pushed by, you know, college football, you know, college basketball, like the things that you see on TV, like they don't show like D2 games on ESPN. They don't show, you know, D3 games on a college network, you know, you know, whatever that might be. So it's, it's totally different, like track and field, totally different realm than, you know, the football, basketball. Yeah, the other advice I would give is, or the other insight I would give is, a lot of times you'll get more money too if you go to the D2 or D3 level. With D2 schools, uh, they offer the same number of men's scholarships as D1, but generally you can get offered more money because they're a little bit less competitive. Um, D3 schools, I was offered more money from D3 schools through financial aid than I was offered through uh, via an athletic scholarship by any D1 school. Um, so if your goal is to go to college for a reasonable price, and you don't necessarily care if you're on a scholarship or not, D3 schools can be great. Um, and then also D1 schools and D2 schools and D3 schools, like when people think of D1 schools, they think about Texas, they think about Oklahoma, they think about Florida, Oregon, whatever it might be. But there's a whole range of D1 schools. And a lot of the lower tier D1 schools are less competitive than a lot of the D2 schools. If you look at uh, GVSU or Ashland, um, or a lot of the top D2 programs, they would kick a lot of the D1 programs' butts and they would outperform them at the NCAA championships if they were a D1 school. So don't let, uh, don't let the division make you think that they're worse off athletically. A lot of them have stellar programs that would do really well at the D1 level too. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's really good advice for them. You know, I was talking to one of the coaches and they said, look, look at the conference championships. Like, look at the, the numbers from their conference championships. Um, and if you're one who's like blowing those numbers out of the water, then you can, you, you can be one to be like, Oh, well, I'm better than that. But if you're not even touching those marks, then, you know, you have nothing to, to say about whatever level that might be, um, you know, with, with the marks that you have. So, but you're, but you're spot on. It's, I mean, you're going to be competitive, 
you know, you find the right school, the right coaches, the right programs, they're going to be competitive across the board. And that's the great thing about track and field. Like, you know, like, you know, the ring's the same size, the weight you throw is the same weight. Like, I mean, everybody has the same equal, uh, you know, number of throws and all those things. And, and, and it's how you can perform and what you're going to do on that day. Um, you know, that, that's what's the greatest thing about track and field. Yeah, and with, uh, I think also just a good thing to know in general as a recruit, the difference between D1 and D2 and D3 schools isn't just like the level of athletic competitiveness. So if you look at the top marks in the D2 schools, a lot of them are pretty comparable to the top marks in D1 schools, but the main difference is depth. Mm -hmm. um, so in a D1 with the 100-meter dash, you might have – 100 athletes or 150 athletes run below 10.5 in the 100. But at the D2 level, maybe that number is 60, and maybe at the D1 level, maybe that number is 20. But even though the top athletes might be running around the same times. Um, so, again, just like a, another good piece of information to know. Uh, the divisions, a lot of times it's not about what it takes to win the championship. It's the depth behind it. That's a big difference between the divisions. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Tim, you, obviously COVID is like a real thing and, and we're all experiencing the hardship from that. I mean, a lot of kids lost their season from last spring and there's talks about what's going to happen in 2021. Uh, for those kids who are out there right now, just trying to figure out recruiting for themselves, like what, what are coaches saying? Like what are advice do you have for those kids that are, are kind of like worried about like what's going to happen, you know, this, this season, if they miss a, a track season? Yeah, so with a lot of things in life, uh, as long as you have good attitude and good effort, you'll be able to succeed. And this is an example of that. So if you are able to take advantage of this situation, you could find it actually being an opportunity for you. Because uh, right now, a lot of people miss their spring season. Um, a lot of people are less engaged in the recruiting process because of they can't go on campus for visits. They can't meet coaches in person. Um, so there is an opportunity for you to differentiate yourself by being proactive with coaches, by doing virtual meets, by um, continuing to train. And even if it's a practice PR or you have a new uh, lifting vest uh, in the weight room or whatever it is, uh, you can use all those uh, chances to really separate yourself because a lot of people are sitting on their butts and not doing much. Um, so uh, for those athletes that are looking to get recruited and were set back by COVID, my suggestion would be use this as an opportunity to, again, differentiate yourself. Uh, join Torch is one way to differentiate yourself and get you on the radar of coaches, but also just making sure you're proactive about continuing to train, showing your dedication to the sport, showing that you can overcome adversity, um, prove that by uh, showing, like, that you're training, showing new PRs, showing uh, in the PRs in the weight room or in the circle or whatever it might be, um, all of that will help you. That's great advice. I mean, it's tough times right now, and we all hope that we can get through it. And, you know, here's to hoping to have a spring season, but that's really good. So I want to give you a kind of a chance to kind of, um, you know, kind of let people know what, what you are offering and I guess what you're not offering and what you're not promising, I guess, to people who sign up for torch. Um, you know, cause some people come on like, for instance, like people, um, you know, they'll do like club volleyball, you know, for instance, as a, and they, and they, and the coaches, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, you could, you know, potentially do this. And so they play volleyball, 
thinking that, okay, I'm playing club volleyball, so I'm definitely going to be recruited at like a D1 school because I'm playing on this team. So what, what, are, what, are you, what are you saying that you guys offer and what are you not offering through Torch? Yeah, so right now we have two main product offerings and then we're about to have a third one as well. So the first one is Torch College Recruiting, which is the recruiting platform where you can connect with coaches. Um, the second one is the Gold Insight Recruiting Guide. So we're currently developing a pretty, we're starting to develop a robust recruiting guide to talk about the ins and outs of college recruiting. So you can know about how track and field scholarships work, how official visits work, um, what the financial situations are, um, what you should be looking for, like all those types of questions that you might be having, we're, gonna, we're trying to curate in that recruiting guide. And then last one, we're soon gonna be have Torch College Advising. So uh, if you're looking, if you have specific questions or are looking for a roadmap for recruiting, we will also be able to provide that soon in the future. Um, and as far as what I'm, what we're willing to like quote unquote promise or what we don't want to promise, um, at least with the, the recruiting platform itself, um, I would argue that it's the most direct recruiting platform period for track and field. If you're looking for a platform where you can easily search, filter, connect and chat with coaches, I don't think that there's any platform in the country that can do what Torch does as effectively as it does because it's built for track and field and we're having more and more coaches sign up every week. Um, if, as far as what I don't wanna guarantee, hmm. I don't wanna guarantee that you can, like if you are looking to go to, like if you see that a coach from Alabama has signed up, I don't wanna ever make it seem like that you will have the ability to chat with those coaches and connect with those coaches. So even though we have coaches from Alabama, uh, Washington State, Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, Duke, UNC, we have coaches from all these top tier programs that are on the app, uh, that are on the platform. But I don't want to make it seem like you will connect with them and you will be able to chat with them. That's up to them and that's up to you. So I don't want to sell any false promises that you will be able to uh, connect and chat with those elite coaches uh, because that's not guaranteed. But I think that's also the beauty of the platform. Uh, rather than sending them an email and then not getting a response back and being left like in a state where it's ambiguous, you don't know, you'll get direct feedback to know whether they're interested or they're not interested. And right. if they're not interested at the time, let's say at the beginning of your junior year, and then maybe you have a blowout year or your junior year, and then you could request to connect with them again once you have a new PR, and maybe things change. Um, so still leave that option open. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see – you know, um, for instance, if a kid comes in and their PR is like 34 feet in the shot put, you know, and they, you know, they stand through a 115 in a discus and they're like, oh, I'm going to sign up for torch and I'm going to get, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a recruit, you know, I'm going to get college, uh, you know, scholarship somewhere. Um, I, I'm assuming that you're not promising that even if you Probably sign not. up for torch that, that, that a, a, an actual scholarship or whatever is not guaranteed through what you guys are doing. Yeah. Scholarships and even connections are not guaranteed. Like if you're not a college level athlete or a, a, a recruitable athlete, um, you're not gonna find Torch very useful. If you have thrown a shot put 24 feet and you sign up, um, it's not gonna be helpful uh, or it's not gonna be that helpful. Um, so yeah, I don't wanna guarantee, I don't wanna make any guarantees that you will make any connections. But if you are, 
a recruitable athlete, you should be able to make connections much easier and much faster with a lot more coaches than you would traditionally have. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just want to make sure, you know, people who out there are, are, are clear on, you know, making sure that, um, and I don't want to put you in a bubble, you know, or in a box to where, because it sounds, you know, this, this sounds awesome. And obviously we're talking about kids who are, uh, have recruitable numbers, like you said, who, who are obviously those who are serious about wanting to compete at the next level. Uh, but those who don't have, you know, numbers that will actually compete in a college setting level, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that people are clear that that you are not prom- like it's not promising of like when you sign up for tour, it's like we're going to get you uh, recruited somewhere um, in the, in that process. So I uh, just want to give you that opportunity to to let people know that. Yeah, and even though you might not have, uh, you might not be making connections, you will at least be able to see are you recruitable. Um, if you don't know, maybe you've thrown 44 feet in a shot and it's your junior year and you're not really sure if you're at a college level, um, you'll at least be able to see, like, are college coaches interested in me? Mm. And, I, and I honestly don't think there's a better platform to be able to know if college, if you're at that level, if you don't join Torch. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, what are, like, you know, some things that, uh, you know, maybe – you know, the sophomores out there, or even maybe freshmen out there who are, you know, thinking they want to compete at the next level. Um, what, what are maybe things outside of performance, uh, academics, um, that maybe coaches are looking for? Um, you know, if I talk to, you know, my, my, my buddy up at, um, uh, up at Northwest University, you know, he, he wants well, well-rounded athletes, like those kids who are, you know, maybe, in, you know, in the arts, who have interests, you know, outside of just, you know, running or throwing, like, you know, they play multiple sports, they are involved with ASB uh, through their school or leadership or, that, uh, or, you know, something equivalent to that. So, you know, what are things that maybe, maybe you know of, like, like the coaches are, are looking for that are outside that they can maybe kind of like, um, you know, put on their, like maybe start, start doing if they, they aren't already or continue to do um, outside of just actual sports performance and academics. Yeah, I'll first start with a different twist on the academic and athletic piece, and then I'll talk about the other piece. So a lot of athletes will think that coaches are recruiting me because of my marks. Mm. But in reality, coaches are recruiting you for the marks they believe you can do in college. Mm. So when they're recruiting an athlete, they're recruiting what they think the athlete can be in one, two, three, four, five years' time. Mm. So it's really an investment on the coach to be able to figure out how far they think the athlete can throw in the future. Um, so that's a big part. Uh, just want a small caveat, but it's an important caveat to know. And then as far as the non-track and non-academic pieces, again, like, of course, you want to have good marks both athletically and academically. That opened a lot of doors for you. Um, but I think outside of those, the coach wants to know a few things. One, you pass the, like, airplane test, which is, is this person going to annoy me? And do I want to spend 20 plus hours a week with this person for the next four years? And you also have to do that for the coach too. So if you're going to be spending 20 hours a week with this coach or this coach is going to be spending 20 hours a week with this athlete, you've got to make sure you have good chemistry that you get along together. Um, Second, uh, aside from having good marks and good academics, you have to make sure you're just a good person. Um, Because if you don't have good attitude and good effort, and if you have, if you're a negative person, not only will you perform worse, but you could also make everyone else on the team perform worse. So you might be a stellar recruit with a 4.0 GPA and have thrown shot at 60 feet, 
But if you're a negative person and you're going to drag everyone else down, the coach isn't going to want you on the team. Um, and then other than that, I think it's really important to be able to show coaches that, again, you just have all those soft characteristics that the coach wants on their team. Um, you've got to show that you're like dependable, you're reliable, um, that you're like responsible for yourself, that you're a kind person, um, that you're going to be able to contribute to the college and in life beyond just track, um, and that you'll be able to contribute to their culture that they're trying to build there. Um, so all those intangibles, I think, are honestly like re uh, prerequisites to get recruited. Because if you're a jerk or you like have really poor personal responsibility and you keep on making mistakes, whatever it might be, the coach isn't going to want to recruit you. And that's honestly sometimes even more important than having a big mark. Because if I could recruit a person that maybe is a little bit worse, but they have a great attitude, they have a great effort, and they'll be able to make everyone else on the team better, I'd much rather have that person again than a person that's elite, but it's going to drag everyone else down. Yeah, that's that's really good uh, advice for those those out there. And honestly, like at, speaking from the coach's perspective, I've had athletes like that, and I and I tell them, you know, right off the bat, like, what am I supposed to say if a coach comes to me and says, "Hey, how is this person as a teammate?" You know, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, so if you want me to tell them, "Yeah, you're a great teammate," then you know, you have to be a good teammate. You can't just, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you have to, you actually get, do those things, um, you know, that are asked. And th those are the questions that they, some, you know, sometimes the coaches do ask uh, uh, their high school coaches. Yeah. And I think it's really important just for a team culture is again, track and field is an individual sport, but really the way that you go is it's as a team and as a unit. So whether it's the throw squad or whether it's the entire team, if you can have good attitude, good effort, good mentality going through the season, and you have the right personnel to have that vision and to accomplish your vision, like you're going to be successful as a program. But the opposite's also true. Yeah. Well, hey Tim, I, I appreciate the time that we've we've talked so far. It's so inf informative of of what you guys are doing. But I want to like give you an opportunity to kind of maybe share if there's any success stories that you've had in the small time that you. Uh, have have been live and running if there's you know uh if you guys had you know any anything you can share so people are like well i don't really know necessarily about this process like is it really working uh you, you know do you have any success stories that you can share with us without getting in trouble i guess yeah we are doing this new thing called testimonial tuesday so if you go on torch college recruiting on instagram you'll be able to see a new testimony every, t every tuesday um i can't share any of the names um right but we've had one athlete that responded to me proactively saying, thank you so much for this. Um, she comes, or the athlete is from, uh, is an, an international athlete. And uh, the athlete was able to connect with a bunch of coaches and get a lot of scholarship offers that uh, she wasn't even considering uh, before signing up for Torch. Um, so you've had a lot of athletes come up and say like, yeah, I've gotten so many new scholarships or spots on teams that I thought weren't even possible before signing up. Um, we've had other athletes talk about how intimidated they were by the recruiting process, um, saying, like, I was so scared to be emailing coaches um, and, like, putting myself out there like that. And Torch has really helped them be confident in uh, reaching out to coaches um, and also getting a lot of positive feedback on just how effective the platform has been. Um, a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches have 20, 30-plus connections um, on the platform. So uh, I can see that it's working in that way. Um, and just the other day, I heard a coach 
reach out to me and ask me uh, and just go home to thank me because he just signed an athlete that uh, he started a relationship with on Twitch like a month ago. Um, so even, again, even we, though we've only been live for two weeks, we've had a lot of success stories with scholarship offers, with national letters of intent signed, um, and just great feedback with athletes being comfortable with the recruiting process um, and opening up a lot of doors for athletes. So again, only been live for two months, I think. Yeah, two months actually this week. Um, but we've had 250 coaches plus uh, sign up. And we've created, I think, as of this week, actually over a thousand connections uh, between coaches and athletes. And I only expect that to get better over time. Yeah. And you, you kind of mentioned just, just kind of briefly, but um, you know, who, you know, people internationally around, across the world are able to sign up for Torch, um, you know, regardless of like where they're at, or are you limited to uh, specific areas? Yeah, international. We honestly have a very big group of athletes in Canada. I think we probably have 30 or 40 Canadian athletes that have signed up. We also have athletes in uh, Italy, Switzerland, Ireland, uh, Australia, and other places around the world that have all signed up for Torch. And for them, it's really helpful too, because if you're an international athlete, uh, you understand the college recruiting process much, or you understand college and the admissions process a lot less, and the recruiting process a lot less than the typical American athlete that sort of grew up understanding college athletics, knowing what the divisions are. Um, so I think for them too, it opens up a lot of doors and makes it the recruiting process a lot more simple. Yeah, that's great. Because I again on my meme page when I when I post questions or like. Uh, post, you know, what questions do you have? Like, I, that's what I get from international students of how do I get connected through colleges through there. And I think that even like before we even mentioned it, I didn't even think um, of international students. And I think that's a great tool for them to be able to have that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'll just end with one note. So again, Torch College Recruiting, it enables you to connect and chat with coaches in the most direct way possible, I would argue, out of any recruiting platform in the country. Um, it's free for the first 30 days. And then after that, it's only 10 bucks a month. So compared to other recruiting platforms like NCSA, where the prices can often be anywhere from 90 bucks a month for a, a fixed two year period or even more. Um, it's a very cost, uh, it's a very, uh, cost effective option. And then, like, I come from a household with a teacher as a parent. Like, I couldn't afford those fancy recruiting services. I want to make sure that the average family can afford this platform. It's only 10 bucks a month. Um, and if you're like me and find a college that at least saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars by knowing where to go, it has a really big return on investment. So, um, again, it's a very inexpensive platform. I don't think there's any platform that's more direct. Um, as far as connecting and chatting with track and field coaches. Um, and we're only getting started. So as the year goes on, we'll be signing more and more coaches up, more and more athletes will be signing up. And I really believe it'll be like revolutionary for the next phase of how recruiting gets done. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's so cool that, you know, that vision came along and then actually feet behind that and getting it, getting it started. And um, you're, I mean, you're changing, I mean, it's, kind of, it's cool to think that you're changing lives, man. Like you're really, you know, changing lives and like, you know, giving exposures to schools that maybe kids didn't even know about, or even like, you know, vice versa, like kids that may not have gotten the exposure, like they said, they felt uncomfortable or intimidated by the process of recruiting and allowing those kids um, who aren't able to, you know, showcase themselves, 
the opportunity to be able to compete at the next level and, and to follow their dreams. So that's really awesome. Yeah, one last thing I'll say is if you have any questions, uh, feel free to message me on Instagram. I'm like behind the one behind the Torch College Recruiting page, or feel free to email me at tim at torchcollegerecruiting.com. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have about Torch specifically, recruiting in general. Just let me know. I'm happy to help. That's awesome, man. Hey, before I let you go, I, I, I kind of have a feature that I want to, um, you know, start with all my, with my podcast that I started with a couple that I've already interviewed was, uh, um, if you're willing to, and I'll, and I'll, if you're willing to, then I will uh, share one of your most embarrassing uh, throwing uh, story experiences that that you that that you were a part of, like maybe something that had happened to you. If you can, maybe off the bat, you can think about something because uh, we all go through it, and I think those are the fun stories to hear. I have a few, so let me let me think about which one's the best. There was one meet when I was in college. It was my junior year. We were at UMass. Lowell, I think. Um, and I honestly had the best throw of my season, I believe. And then I was super pumped when I released it. And then I just watched it and it like dings off the cage. And but it still it, it was a handle that dinged off. And it barely went out of sector. And at that time, I like, screamed off, like as loud as I could. Like, I didn't say, I said, God, God dang it but my voice cracked as like very, very, very poorly. And everyone, there was like hundreds of people that just heard me like that were just like silent and then like laughing at me because like, my voice cracked so much. Um, not like super, super embarrassing, but uh, that was definitely, uh, it was definitely so embarrassing. Yeah, that, that, that would be uh, any voice crack of any sort, like in public is, 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 su is super embarrassing. So yeah, especially because at the time I was, I think like 20 or 21 years old. I was probably 240 pounds and like just through, I would assume probably 190 feet or something in the hammer. And then yeah. having that as like a man is like very demoralizing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably one of my, one of my most, I mean, like, like for you, like I've had many, but uh, one of my most embarrassing ones that, that stand out to me was um, I was a junior uh, in high school. I was like one of the best throwers on my team and, you know, I, was, I told this girl that I, I would dedicate my next throw to her. So then she said, well, if you PR or whatever, like, you know, or if you throw whatever mark, I was like, give me a mark and I'll throw it. She goes, if you mark, you know, hit that mark, I'll go out with you. And so then I told my buddies, like, I was like, oh, man, like, I mean, that's easy. I think it was like 130 or something like that. I was like, this is easy, easy. So I get in there, just all confidence, go get out. <laughs> and I like slip in the ring and like like fall like out, out out the back so i'm trying to like just to launch it right so my form is like instead of like nice and relaxed like a grip and rip so like out of the back way too fast my left foot like comes out from under me like literally fall out the discus flies out like not not even like 10 feet and then like the, you know obviously the girl's like looking out there and that buddy's like well looks like you're free for this weekend like in front of like everybody <laughs> i was just so i was so embarrassed i didn't even know what to do like i think i just like I could grab my discus and I think I just kept walking like to the bus. Like I didn't even like worry about my, like my stuff or anything like that. I just like got on the bus all ashamed. Like it was, it was pretty bad because I was I pretty cocky. <laughs> I was somewhat similar story. So I think I was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And then I was throwing with my dad uh, in my hometown. And then one like pretty girl that's in my town was like walking by. And then I like, PR by like, 10 feet. 
and then practice. But then my dad, every single time I was having a bad meet, was like, oh, do we just need a squirrel to come? And then he would always joke about that, like, every single meet. That's awesome, man. You got to love, love the parents that, like, that do that. And even coaches that, like, you know, zing you on those type of things. But, you know, I'm one of those, too. Like, hey, do I need to get so-and-so over here for you to, to perform or, or, or what? So, yeah. So, anyways. Well, Tim, hey, I appreciate your time. I, I, so informative, and I, and I hope that, you know, the people out there that are listening, uh, hopefully they finish this podcast before they go and sign up for Torch and get a, an account on there. Um, and even college coaches that are out there that may not know about the resources that you have for them, um, hopefully they're signing up to get their programs on, their, on the list as well. But, um, you know, I don't know. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we, before we head out? No, I think I've – told about a tour tour about our story and I really appreciate you give, giving me the platform to be able to tell the story tell why it's so useful and give some testimonials uh really appreciate the time thank you yeah for sure uh like you said like you can get more information at torchcollegerecruiting.com um or follow them on instagram at torchcollegerecruiting and look for those testimonial tuesdays to see those uh those athletes who are, who are who are having a positive experience through Torch. But Tim, thank you so much. We'll be uh, in touch. We look forward to seeing how much you grow over the next couple months and couple of years. And if there's anything that we can do for you, just reach out, man. Yeah, thank you for the support again. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man.